Hey, are you a business owner, entrepreneur, or professional? If so, we want you to apply to be a featured guest on our show. My name is Adam Torres, and I host the Mission Matters series of podcasts. I've recorded over 3,000 episodes, and we are just getting started. How do you know if you'd be a good guest to be on the show? Well, only one way to find out, and that's to apply, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We want guests that have a story to tell, guests with a brand, a product, or a service that can benefit my audience of listeners. If this sounds like you, go to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. I'd love to talk to you and get to know more about your story. Again, head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Phil Strazula on the line, and he's founder of Select Software Reviews, and Phil is also a return guest. Uh, Phil, just like to say, hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Oh, man. So uh, excited to connect with you again and to bring your, your message to my audience. And we'll, we'll definitely be talking about some of the evolution of the remote workforce, what you're seeing with HR tech stacks and just your, your vantage point is a unique one. So I'm excited to get into it. Um, and just to get us kicked off, I'll start with our Mission Matters Minute. So, Phil, we at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives and experts. So that's our mission here. Phil, what mission matters to you? Yeah, the the mission that matters to me is allowing companies to leverage technology to build the right organization. Specifically, how do you recruit, hire, onboard, build culture, all these things that you can use technology to do and, and can be really hard, but we help companies figure that out. That's awesome. Uh, Love bringing mission-based entrepreneurs and executives on the show to share why they do what they do. Um, So love it. Uh, Let's uh, go for those that didn't catch your first episode with us or your other recordings and maybe they're newer to the show. um, Maybe let's start off with a little bit more about your background and how you got started on this journey. Yeah, sure. So I started my career off working in venture capital, doing early stage software investing I always wanted to start a business, so I went to business school at Harvard Business School to get my MBA, taught myself how to program, and started just sort of hacking on a bunch of different things, one of which turned into an HR technology SaaS that about two or three years ago, I hired somebody to run as a general manager. And so I had all of this free time. I love to learn. I love to teach. And I saw that most companies were really struggling with how do we use technology to build our organizations. And so I said, hey, I I can probably help with that. And so I started this business select software reviews where we basically just spend tons of time understanding what's going on in the landscape, the technology landscape, and how can businesses take that knowledge and grow faster. That's awesome. Um, So, you know, there's some people watching this right now that maybe they're, you know, a little bit further behind or they're just getting started in their entrepreneurial career and they have some ideas like you, you know, you noticed a problem or an opportunity in the marketplace and that's why you founded your company. What kind of advice would you give to that next group of uh, entrepreneurs that are coming up in terms of, you know, pursuing what um, fixing a problem? 
Yeah, I, I think that if, if you've identified a problem that you have individually, you are much more likely to succeed. The hardest thing about entrepreneurship is finding product market fit. We all have lots of ideas. I think if you talk to most entrepreneurs, they've had you know 10 or 20 or 30 failed businesses. I'm no different. I've, I've had many, many, many. I think I'm 20 in, Phil, for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like sometimes I look at my Google Analytics and there's yeah. like a list of like domain names that I've owned in the past. And I'm like, whoa, like I didn't even remember half of these. And I think you just have to like move quickly and be disciplined and really try to look objectively at what you're doing so that you don't spend too much time on the wrong thing. Basically all the information you need is out there in books like the lean startup. It's just hard to really stick to those frameworks when you're in it day to day and you have that passion and you you're, you're so optimistic about your idea, et cetera. You really have to think, is this working? Why is it, or isn't it? Should we pivot? Should we kill it? and just sort of move forward as opposed to getting bogged down for years on the same idea. Oh, that's well said. And I get it. And I, I whenever anybody asks me, you know, about being an entrepreneur, or like my thoughts or other things like this, I'm like, you know, I'm 20 in to get to where, okay, now I have a successful business, but it took time. It took a lot of learning, a lot of growth. So I'm like, you like pain. If you're okay with it, if you have a high threshold, you might want to go the entrepreneurship route. If not, like there's, a, there's always the option of being an entrepreneur and really just working within another corporation or company and, and, and innovating that way, like lots of ways to contribute. Yeah, for sure. There, there's lots of ways to go about this and sort of scratch that itch and still mm -hmm. put food on the table. And for some people, it's starting a business. And, and for most, it's not. But you can still have a very fulfilling career and, and follow whatever mission sort of matters to you. Awesome. So let's dive further into today's topic. So um, as, as everybody watching this is aware, more and more people are working remote, which is changing the complexity and, and the complexion of what the workforce and, and how we interact, whether it's HR or otherwise. Um, let's start with the, remote, with the remote workforce. Like what kind of things are you noticing? Yeah. So the cool thing about COVID, you know, if there is a cool thing is that it, it has been a catalyst for change. And so before the pandemic, I think about 6% of people worked remotely in the United States and it's moved well into the double digits. It's hard to kind of pin it down because so many people are doing it temporarily, et cetera. Yeah. But there's no doubt that there's way more people working remotely and they're even working from other countries and you're running into so many companies now, some of which are valued at multi-billion dollars. GitLab went public uh, last week and that's a multi-billion dollar company that's remote first which is crazy. Wow. Zapier is a remote first company that's wow. uh, a multi-billion dollar company. And so you're going to see this trend continue moving forward. And what's really exciting is that whenever there's new problems, there are new ways of figuring out these problems. And so we're seeing a whole new set of tools that are helping companies to pay remote workers, because that can be a big thing. If you've got yeah. employees all over the world, how do you provide benefits? How do you build culture? How do you collaborate? How do you hire remote people, onboard them? Mm -hmm. It's basically all the people operations problems that we have in sort of the normal world, the on-premise world are just different and exacerbated in this remote world. And I think the companies that are figuring this out quickly are going to thrive in this new paradigm. Yeah, and, and this new paradigm, to me, it seems like the the potential and like the speed of uh, potential evolution or, or innovation just becomes like it's going faster. 
Cause like now you're not, you're not limited to your geography or somebody coming into an office. So maybe the programmer you're hiring should not be in your city. Like maybe the, the producer that I need to hire isn't in LA, maybe somewhere else. I'm talking to people every single day now, I would say that are relocating. They're doing different things. I'm seeing things on social media where even like heads of companies are going to other States and other things. And I'm like, wow, I feel like there's just so much opportunity right now. There are a lot of opportunities. There's opportunities for companies. There's opportunities for individuals who can build skill sets, who can find the right job, who can basically be solopreneurs, whether you're, you know, a digital marketing person or a virtual assistant or a salesperson, whatever the case may be, you're basically running your own business. I think Reed Hoffman wrote a book about like the business of me or something like that a few years ago. And that was pretty prescient. Like, I think that that's, what this economy has become and in particularly where we're getting a more efficient labor market where if you're a company based in new york or la you don't need to hire people who live within 10 miles of your office you could hire somebody around the world and it's not there's sort of like the social stigma that went away and then it's there's also so many ways of collaborating remotely and people are so used to it that you're not decreasing your productivity while you're doing that mm-hmm. No, it makes total sense. And I'm seeing it day in and day out. And I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's fun for me on our end. So as we hire in other countries and we, we were remote first, I mean, the other co-founder here, he, uh, he lives in Glendale, the other side of the, of uh, LA. And that's kind of like another city or, or country for us here. We don't, we don't cross that border. So it's, uh, it's kind of fun to see as we bring on new staff in different countries. And we've already experienced with our small company, the challenges in HR and every time you're hiring somebody in a new area, like what that looks like. So maybe um, maybe start a little bit down the line of what the HR, how the HR tech stack is evolving and the things that you're noticing there. Yeah, so I, I think there, there are a lot of really interesting challenges for human resources or people operations, as I call it, within these remote organizations. Mm-hmm. And one of them is just like managing a very diverse workforce. Because if you're a truly remote first organization, you're going to have people that live in different countries from extremely different cultures and there's yeah. different normative behaviors. And so that's like a whole other can of worms that I think is really exciting. And I think companies are figuring it out like day by day. But in terms of the HR technology stack, you know, from the, the very baseline level of HR is making sure people get paid. And if you've got people in different countries, there's different laws, there's different taxes, there's different ways of moving money around. And until, you know, we're all using Bitcoin or Ethereum um, (laughs) and and maybe stuff is easier, it it can be really challenging. And so you need to partner up with one of these employer records or sort of remote first payroll companies like Remote or Papaya or Employer Global Services and that's sort of like your baseline tech stack. There are different ways of recruiting people. So there's different job boards that are for remote first. There's, I think, different ways of vetting people. So there's better skill assessments. A lot of people want to work together, you know, for five or 10 hours and just see, are we a good fit? There's different ways of collaborating. There's, you know, we're doing video interviews and virtual career fairs versus in-person stuff. The list goes on and on and on. And I think that for each company, especially as you sort of move up the scale, maybe you've got a couple of remote workers, that's very different from hiring massively remote and even saying, hey, for this particular role, maybe it's customer service, we're just gonna have people work from home wherever they are in the world and we're gonna put them through a standardized skill test 
We're going to have standardized metrics and ways of collaborating. And that's like kind of it. We don't have a call center anymore. People just do it from their kitchens or wherever they are, as long as they get their work done. Um, So there's a lot of really interesting things happening in this space. And again, I think the, the companies that have really pioneered this in many ways, like Zapier, they've done a great job of actually publishing a lot of their best practices there's also a book um, by the guy that runs Acceleration Partners. His name is Robert Glazier mm-hmm. that goes into their remote first company, the culture. How do they hire? What tools do they use, et cetera? Man, that, that's, that's super helpful. And let's go further into um, select software review. So you mentioned a little bit about what you do, but I want to go further. So tell us more about the company. Yeah, sure. So we are primarily a website that you can go to to learn about HR and other technologies for your business. Mm-hmm. So there's there's pretty analogous sites out there like NerdWallet or Wirecutter or PointSky, where these sort of experts will go super deep on something like what mattress to buy or what credit card to get or whatever the case may be. They'll do all this test. They'll do sort of an unbiased like journalist integrity review. And that's the exact same thing we're doing, except we're doing it for payroll software and we're doing it for virtual career fairs and applicant tracking systems and human resource software. So people can come on to our website. They can read our research. It's totally free. We have a Mm -hmm. community. You can ask questions. There's lots of experts in there who will answer your questions. Mm -hmm. We even have a job board that sort of curates like really amazing jobs for our users because there's, there's certain companies that value human resources, people ops, and there's many companies that don't. And we want to help our users to find those jobs, advance their career in addition to advancing their organization. What kind of feedback have you gotten on this? So on, on the business model, on the, the value providing, I'm just interested to hear like a little bit more about the feedback. Yeah. So we get feedback in two different ways. One is data. So we can look at what does Google's algorithm think about our content? What do users think about it in Google Analytics? Things like that. And the the feedback is quite positive. You know, we're growing absurdly fast and time on site. All those metrics are sort of off the chart. Mm-hmm. The, the other form of feedback is anecdotal. So I maybe stupidly have my cell phone number listed on our website. <laughs> and so people will like literally find it and call me. And be like, hey, Phil, you know, I was reading like this uh, article on your website, blah, blah, blah. And like, I really want to get your advice because we're like, you know, a staffing company for janitors in South Carolina or something like super specific. And so we, we get emails, we get calls, we get people in our community that say things like, you know, this vendor wasn't listed on select software, so I'm not going to use it. And so that stuff is all very positive as well. And then we're, we're also lucky that I hope we, we view ourselves and, and we sort of put ourselves out there as being, hey, give us feedback to help us improve. And sometimes people will email us and say, hey, love this article, used it to buy an applicant tracking system. However, it would be really great to understand X, Y, and Z. Wow. And we'll usually try to help those people, you know, put them in the right direction. Then it's like, all right, should we be doing that across lots of different articles on our website? And that's how we evolve our business. Hmm. That's awesome. And um, so on the site and just in general, like what type of companies are you working with here? So our users are from lots of different companies. We have mm-hmm. 
people that run a five person recruiting firm and they're looking for a CRM or an applicant tracking system. Mm-hmm. We have people that work in people ops at fortune 50 companies that use our website to figure out what tools to buy. And yeah. so it's, it's pretty much all over the place. The kind of core unifier is that these are the people who are buying HR technology. Yeah. There's really no other reason to be on our website unless you have like, you know, crippling insomnia or something like that. (laughs) Otherwise it's, it's extremely boring, Mm -hmm. you know, fact-based like, Hey, like we did this research and here's what we found sort of Mm -hmm. stuff. So it's just folks who are interested in buying HR technology. And then on the the vendor side of things, we have who who we believe are the best vendors Mm -hmm. in each space. So we will look at a category of like applicant tracking systems and there are three or 400 vendors and we'll do the research and we'll try to curate a list of the 15 or the six or the 22 best ones yeah. and kind of tell people, Hey, this one's the best for if you really want a cheap solution, this one's the most customizable. This one's the best for companies in EMEA, whatever the case may be. I mean, so it sounds like you're saving the, the people that are out here looking for um, a solution in this space. I mean, you're saving them a lot of time. Like, I can't imagine the amount of time it takes to sift through those 300 vendors to come up with your top 15 or whatever the list comes down to. Can you tell me a little bit more about the process? Because that's impressive. Thanks. Yeah, we're saving them time and, and hopefully we're sending them down the right path where... Yeah. You can buy the wrong solution. Many people do the research and they end up buying the wrong solution. And that's really one of the big things we don't want people to do. So our process is we'll do a lot of online research. We'll look at, you know, review websites and what people have said about different solutions. We'll talk to experts. We'll talk to like who we think are like the smartest practitioners in a space Mm -hmm. and say, okay, what are you using for an HRIS, human resource information system? Yeah. Who else did you look at? Why did you go with this one, et cetera? And so we're doing that sort of primary research. And then we'll also talk to a lot of the vendors. We'll do yeah. demos. We'll ask them pointed questions like, you know, what's your retention rate? What's yeah. your revenue growth? You know, are you profitable? All these things that are sort of proxies for, do you have a good solution? And when you add all that stuff up, it gets us down to that list that we think is the best list on the internet for mm-hmm. this particular category. So when it comes to solutions like this, I know sometimes there needs to be a a special way of thinking in terms of how the company, when they're going to invest in these types of solutions, really considers this and how it relates back to their ROI. Because it's not, you know, you hire one salesperson or you do one thing and and you hire a CRM and you can see an immediate ROI change or something like that, um, or you implement a certain amount of software. And so I know on the HR side, sometimes it doesn't always get as much attention, I'll say. How should companies be focusing on and thinking about the ROI side of investing into these types of solutions? This is one of the things I'm most passionate about in this space, because I think that a lot of people operations teams, unfortunately... They're viewed as a cost center within their organization. So the CEO is like, hey, let's make this budget as small as possible because it doesn't add value to the company like sales or product or marketing does. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really short-sighted way to look at it because if you have an amazing people ops team, they're going to hire the right people. They're going to onboard them. They're going to increase your employee retention. They're going to increase collaboration, et cetera. And so if you're like the head of HR and you're buying one of these solutions, you need to understand how is this going to impact the rest of the business? So you talk about CRM. Hey, we buy a CRM, makes our salespeople more efficient. Yeah. Maybe on the people ops side, 
we buy a new applicant tracking system or a candidate relationship management system that allows our recruiters to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to increase our recruiter headcount and we can decrease time to fill, which is the time it takes to get somebody in a position. Mm-hmm. And so maybe for a sales person, maybe it t- used to take us 60 or 90 days to hire somebody. And now it takes us 45 days. And so we get an extra 45 days of productivity out of that person. And that yeah. salesperson is worth, you know, maybe it's a thousand, maybe it's $5,000 per day to the business. And you can do mm-hmm. calculations like that. And you can say, hey, for every you know salesperson that we got for 45 days versus 90, we're going to make $100,000 for the business this year. That's mm-hmm. going to translate to the bottom line, increase our valuation. And so even though this stuff is not a straight line to ROI, there yeah. is always a way that HR people ops can tie what they're doing to how it impacts different parts of the business and how that impacts the P&L. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it is, I do think it's short-sighted to not look at it that way. And there, and I think HR in general, I mean, once upon a time, I mean, it's come a long way. And I don't mean the people, I mean the, the way it's viewed for the overall um, organization. So now they have, you know, a seat at the board table, right? It's a different thing. Once upon a time, that wasn't the case. It was just thought, looked at as something that was, you know, they hire or something like that. But now understanding that that's really the lifeblood of the company, I feel just like in business in general, um, things have changed. And now, I would imagine that over time, the the focus on the, the investment in terms of software and those type of things, just like it's, you know, the sales side of things is, is pretty straightforward. I think it will change over time as well, just like the same as, as the evolution of, um, of the, the role overall. I think uh, it will, too. If you look at companies like Google, Goldman, McKinsey, mm-hmm. years ago, they figured out that it makes sense to invest in people ops. And they're just sort of like, you know, the smartest, best run companies out there. And I think eventually that knowledge will trickle down. Mm. And so we talked about how businesses should be maybe thinking about, um, you know, relating the ROI side of things. How should they be thinking about this as in terms of leverage, in terms of leverage within their business? So I think that technology is sort of the exoskeleton for what we can do as people. And so if you have a recruiter who's doing tons of manual stuff to like make a short list and reach out to people and then vet them and then put them into Mm -hmm. a scheduling queue, you can automate all of that. So that that same person who maybe is recruiting one or two people per month for your business, they could do five or 10 or 15 if they had the right tool set. Mm-hmm. And it used to be that this stuff, it's like, oh, we, you know, we bought a sourcing technology to help our recruiters and it's going to take us six months to roll it out and train everybody. Software has gotten so good so that even enterprise software, most people can go in day one and kind of figure out how to start mm-hmm. using it. And so the time to value on these things has decreased tremendously as well. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make or companies make when it comes to um, when it comes to leveraging this technology and just in the growth? Like, what are some of those mistakes that you see when they're trying to scale and they're trying to grow from your vantage point? I think many times the HR leaders that make these mistakes, they they don't get internal buy in to begin with Mm. and they spend a lot of time looking at for example, an applicant tracking system, and they get down the road with a vendor and they realize we don't have the budget this year. And so you spend a ton of time. It's very discouraging. I think sometimes also people, because they don't have internal buy-in, they don't implement correctly. So if you think about most HR technologies, Mm -hmm. a lot of them rely on people in the organization to use them to get value. 
if you have a recognition software where I'm supposed to recognize my colleagues and nobody's doing that because nobody understands the value of it or how to use it or why we're doing it, then that's going to be a failed implementation. I think one of the other big things people do that is a mistake is they go with an existing vendor just because Mm -hmm. they have a relationship. Maybe somebody does your payroll and you're looking for a new HRIS and they say, hey, we've got an HRIS too. You should use that. And Mm -hmm. They just, they're like, okay, that's super easy. You know, we already have a, a relationship with you guys. Yeah. And many times those vendors do not have the best in class solutions mm-hmm. where I think for the most part, you want to get those best in class solutions at this point. Yeah. You just, you just, you just named the exact type of shopper I am. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's an add on. And I, I don't, I can say I've been guilty of doing exactly what you're saying and I've regretted it in certain situations. Sometimes it works out, but sometimes not. Um, but I, I like your path better. Just go to select software reviews, do your homework or your, your numbers on there. So give Phil a call. <laughs> yeah. Get it done. Right. <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Although now when people call, I'm like, just go to our community, you'll get a better okay. answer. There's like smarter people in there than me. <laughs> Sorry, had to throw had to throw you in there. So uh, first off, Phil, this has been great. Um, I have to ask, so, so what's next? What's next for you? What's next for Select Software Reviews? Yeah, so the, the cool thing about the HR community is that it's so big. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of work for us to be done in just helping people to better understand what HR tools to use. If you're you know, running a landscaping business in Massachusetts or you're running a manufacturing company in Germany, there's different tech stacks for you. And, and we have yet to go super deep on all these different kind of niches. Mm-hmm. I think also we're, we're thinking more broadly about what are the other tools in the enterprise that we can help shed light on. You know, what should the IT manager be buying? What should the head of finance be buying? What should the VP of marketing be buying? Because everybody's dealing with these problems in a world mm-hmm. where it's so easy to create software tools. The world is awash in venture capital. And I want to make sure that I buy the right thing for my business. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Well, Phil, um, again, really appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, awesome to work with you again. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Hope you learned a lot. If you did, don't forget, hit that subscribe button. We have many more mission-based entrepreneurs, experts, and experts coming up for you next. And uh, we don't want you to miss a thing. And don't forget, um, Phil, if somebody wants to follow up and learn more about select software reviews, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, just check out our website or connect with us on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, just shoot, shoot us a note if you want to, connect in in depth. Awesome. Again, Phil, thank you for coming back on the show. It's been a pleasure and uh, look forward to our next time working together. Thanks, Adam. Take care, everybody.